Hey, pumpkins. Welcome to another episode of Copulators Die First. Hi. And as always, our episode contains spoilers. Heavy spoiler content. And if you haven't already seen the film, go ahead and press pause now and we'll be right here waiting for you when you're ready. Yeah. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final week of Pride. Yes, uh, Pride, woo. Pride game, woo. I know, it's been a uh, very long month, so... Rainbows. Um, but on that note of rainbows and um, exploring our culture with us mm-hmm. through the art of cinema, we bring to you our final piece of the puzzle, but wait... We're doing something special this time. Yeah, I mean, it's like special by accident, but we were like, let's just go with it. Um, it. It was an indecisive move, but it was a move with intent. Truth. Accidentally. Indeed. <laughs> uh, Indubitably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously, if you've been following along, uh, the piece of cinema we will be discussing this week um, puts the T in LGBT. Um, but wait, Ashley, piece of cinema or pieces of cinema? That's right. You heard it here first. We are doing our first double feature double header. Oh, snap. I cannot believe it. I can't believe it either. I can't believe I was able to watch two movies this week. Yeah, I can't believe it's not butter. I definitely can't believe it's not butter because Um, none of these were buttery smooth. No. And so, I mean, we've had some heavy episodes before. And I don't want to end Pride Month on a brown note, if you will. Um, (laughs) So just reminds me of South Park. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was going. Okay, thank um, you. I, I'm certain that's what was happening, but I I didn't want to assume. Oh, yeah, no. It was perfectly okay to assume um, <laughs> in, in this particular um, vein of thought. But um, just very briefly, um, we had ourselves a frustration this week because we realized very quickly that... Um, there's not much trans uh, representation in horror, and there's literally a handful of, you know, quote, mainstream movies where uh, a person who is trans is a main character or something t- like, you know, sewn into the plot of the movie. But looking at the movies, None of them are truly positive or appropriate representations of the trans experience. And, I mean, we are talking about horror films here. So um, that's not necessarily something that we should expect. But at the same time, one of the hallmarks of horror movies is that uh, they have always been a way to sneakily push some type of larger thought or message. 
because of the overall less serious tone of the film. Um, but in looking at our options, such as um, trannies with knives, um, or which, which the. Uh, the title is even problematic and horrible, and I don't even <laughs> really right. want to address that. Yeah. Um, even even other ones, even the ones that we ended up watching for this week's episode, um, they're not great representation um, for, for many reasons. Um, but uh, these movies that we have chosen are at least respectful of trans individuals being people and to not... at least a degree it's not you know right it's, uh, it's like not, not gonna be a, a a nice slice of cake but it's right. at least uh, the characters involved are at least identified in it like you said in a more respectful way right or they're they're not they're not a punchline um they're not they're not the a answer. plot twist right yeah like high sleep away camp mm, um you saw where that jab was going oh i did but also in the vein of sleep away camp it's also a person being trans um in horror in general especially in the past has kind of been used as a way to say, oh, the, this person is crazy. That's why they're a killer. Or this person is crazy. Look at them. They're trans. Like, that's why they're unstable. Um, which, obviously, neither of us are trans. But, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Ashley, but we have a lot of trans friends. And that is just wholly disrespectful in a way that I cannot stand. Um and one of the two movies that we ended up watching for this week, um, I'm still really uncomfortable with the core idea of the movie and the plot. Um, but in in uh, comparison to other movies, it still basically just shows the characters. They're not colored in any specific way. Um, but there's really no good representation right now for the trans community in mainstream horror, I would say. Um, I would love to see a movie where a trans individual is not the fucking maniac killer. That would be cool. Yeah, that'd be fucking dope. I'll, I'll take that. Um, and, you know, I'm not expecting for there to be a movie to come out next week where, you know, there's a band of trans women uh, going on a camping trip and, you know they get hunted by a machete-wielding maniac. <sighs> Don't give Hollywood any ideas. But also, in saying that, I realized, oh, that's kind of gross because of the high rates of murder. But, um, but, it, but it gives... No, but I understand what you're saying. Because it of gives course. trans women more of a platform versus than just being a side character or a subplot or a gimmick. Right. Okay, yes. Gimmick is probably the word that I've been dancing around and trying to find because ultimately, I mean, like, hi, again, sleepaway camp. Like, Angela being a boy, um, at least genetically, uh, is a gimmick. It's a punchline. It's a reason for her to, like, oh, that's why she's crazy. Um, 
And that's, again, just wholly disrespectful. And I would have to say that in general, I am very dissatisfied with their options for this week. And we went into this Pride Month being very excited about this LGBT idea. Um, and I think when we went searching for what to do for our trans week, um, it really opened our eyes as to, you know, another area that is a gleaming example of, um, you know, just a disservice and the overall society that we live in to the trans community. And, um, like, why can't they just, like, take a cue from Ryan Murphy and make a horror movie like Pose where uh, trans women are not only hired and working but are shown as strong humans or just human in general? Um, and they're main characters. And they're, just, art, and, they're artfully right. done, respectfully done. And they're just living their lives. It's not any... It's not... Again, a plot point, a twist, it's nothing. It's just these are people living their lives and all motion pictures are ultimately people living their lives and us peeking into their world. And why can't this be any different? So this is my soapbox um, or our soapbox, what have you. Um, but I just felt like it needed to be said. Um, I'm sure think- you agree. I do, and I feel like we went into this with the best of intentions and with slightly rose-colored glasses on because the horror community, it's progressive, but it doesn't give our community the voice that it deserves. Right, and and I think, you know, with the rose-colored glasses idea as a cis gay man and, you know, for you as a cis or quote you know butch lesbian if you will um our ancestors have been able to carve out more of a space for us so we feel more free in general um but this was a really good reminder of how even parts of our own community are still not an okay place. So this is ultimately a very good reminder for Pride Month to respect everyone within our community. Everyone has their own struggles and story. Everyone is worth it. Everyone deserves a chance at life. And, you know, anyone that doesn't understand that can go fuck themselves and they're not welcome here. Also, Uh, like another thing in regards to that, that within our own community, it is important to respect one another because there, there are individuals who seem to forget where they came from, the struggles of our ancestors, the struggles of Marsha P and our merry band of weirdos that took over Stonewall and fought the police for us so that way kids our age who grew up in small towns could feel like they belonged somewhere even if they didn't with the hopes that someday they would yes and amen to that and I mean I think that because of what Arthur's work is we interact with a lot of young gays homosexuals if you will um in general 
And you've met my friends. All my friends are tiny little baby queers right. who yeah. hurt lovely individuals. And I, from the moment I met them, I told you that, like, these are the people that I wish we had been friends with growing up because they're just so lovely and welcoming. And I wish for generations to come that they are also welcomed with open arms and treated with the kindness and respect that you and I have received in our growing years. This is even true. even when we haven't been as kind or respectful to ourselves. Oh, so with bro. that in mind, friends, ghouls and goblins, ladies and gents, we present to you the final episode of Pride. And we're going yes. to dive into... We kind of each picked our own film and mashed them together to make this... It's going to be weird. Yeah. With our discussions of representation and how we found them to be best displayed with, as we dis- as we discussed, respect to the community, I chose Seed of Chucky. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what did you Which pick? <laughs> I chose The Skin I Live In. Keeping that in mind... They are both at odd <laughs> odd ends of the spectrum Very of much. the aughts. Yes. And in those, what, six, seven years that they kind of came about between each other, in my opinion, you can see the differential of both representation as well as the art that was put into it and the care or lack thereof for that matter. I mean, yes, and, and like, also, like, you know, Chucky movies after the second one, uh, you know, kind of landed in, like, the horror comedy slapstick in your face category. Which um, is weird that you bring up that it's after Child's Play 2, because I was reading an article, I think it might even be the one that I sent you last night, uh-huh. where they were saying that Bride of Chucky is kind of where they jumped the shark. And I was like, no, 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 no shark jumping. That was the turning point of the genre where, like, I mean, you can at me all you want, but I think Bride of Chucky is the best one of the entire series. I mean... It's very entertaining. That's what so. I'm saying. And on an entertainment level, very entertained. Jennifer Tilly is literally 60, and I still have a mega crush on her. I mean, that I I condone that completely. So whatever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, just before we jump in, uh, in the words of RuPaul, um, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can the congregation please say amen and right now the congregation is the two of us and all of our furry animals so um that's a pretty large congregation amen Uh, yeah so anyway um that is that is uh where we are at and to now take kind of a i would say not super harsh but like a little bit of a harsh uh right turn if you will um what movie do we want to talk about first uh do you want to try something different do you want to talk about all right let's talk about seed of chucky first because i'm just going in chronological order based on release date okay but like also i'm up for whatever so whatever um so i mean okay 
Bride of Chucky. I'm trying to think of what year it came out. 2001, maybe? Maybe a oh, little girl. sooner, 2000? I have no idea, but this is why we have the Googles. Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky came out in 2004. Okay. Bride of Chucky to the Google. Bride of Chucky. Um, doo, 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 came out in 1998. So there was a significant gap in, in production of these two films. Huh. So with that in mind, you're kind of left like, oh... If you haven't seen the, if you haven't seen Bride of Chucky, at the end of Bride of Chucky, Chucky and Tiffany, his lovely bride, and Jennifer Tilly, um, the bride in my brain, my horror wife, um, she kind of just becomes like, uh, like a charcoal brick. Like she just kind of is crispy, and they're both kind of crispy at the end. I don't understand how Chucky keeps dying in almost every single movie and keeps coming back. But because like, of voodoo, obviously. Because of the voodoo, voodoo that you do so well. Obviously. Um, and so this, it doesn't really set up for much of anything as far as where the seed of Chucky comes from in the plot line of Glenn slash Glenda. I mean, but, right, right at the end, she gives birth to him, right? Or uh, um, I'm pretty. It's kind of hazy, but kind of from what I've taken, is that Glenn slash Glenda, um, performs the voodoo ritual, or uh, Tiffany does because she inha- actually inhabits Jennifer Tilly's real body. So I mean, Jennifer Tilly plays herself in this movie as well as playing Tiffany, which had hadn't been done before. So it was kind of kind of interesting to see that occur. But um, with that in mind, I'm not sure how to really interpret the ending. But from what I gathered, I'm thinking Jennifer Tilly slash Tiffany, because Tiffany takes over Jennifer Tilly's body, performs a ritual on Glenn slash Glenda, the doll, depending on their pronoun preference um, or, the, or their chosen name. Uh, and I think that Glenn slash Glenda might have inhabited both of the biological babies. Like it was split into two. Um, oh, okay. So that actually, I didn't think about that part. That does kind of make sense because... Like the masculine uh, part of, the, of their soul inhabited Glenn and thusly Glenda into the female body. But, I mean, I digress. I could be wrong. I don't think there's an actual, any sort of information about it. But that's just kind of how I saw it occur. Okay. So, but at the end of the, at the end of Bride of Chucky, she gives birth to him, right? And then, like, there's supposed to be this big gap between time. No, I don't think so at all. I think this is just some rando-ass doll question. Oh, no, I thought she gave birth to him. I mean, I haven't seen The Bride of Chucky in a very long time. I watched it recently, but I don't recall. Origin of Glenda. Uh, Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky. I mean, it's kind of hazy, and I don't think it really has any... It doesn't really have any impact on this specific conversation. Um, I... Okay, so the one guy, the ventriloquist, said he found Glenn... 
slash Glenda in a cemetery in the States, correct? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. But there is no real evidence of how they came to exist, but the, uh, Glenn sees his Made in Japan stamp on his wrist. Yeah. And then also sees it on both Chucky and Tiffany because, hi, they're dolls. They're likely manufactured in Japan or China. And assumes, based on that alone, that these are his biological parents. Right. And, I mean, I will say this. I could have done without that whole, like, um, opening sequence uh, with the sperm. And I guess we were going down the fallopian tubes or something. Like, that oh, was... Oh, the whole, the whole intro was so gross and weird. And it was, like, very much harkening back to... Um, Look who's talking to. Yes. Which was also gross. So I just, I didn't need that reminder in my life. It was just like, ugh. Um, but also those sperm looked robotic because of the bad CGI. And I was like, this needs to stop. I don't need to see this much. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I guess they, we kind of do just open and it's like, oh, there's this other doll. Cool. Um, okay, so this thing that I just saw on um, fandom.com says, bah, 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 bah. Glenda has been known to be violent, start fights, steal, um, say horrible profanities, and it has uh, a look of wanting to murder, which you kind of see at the end, and that's a ter- like the epitome of redheaded stepchild. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born from her dying mother, Tiffany, in the Hackensack Cemetery. It is unknown whether she or Glenn killed the detective who witnessed their birth, but because Glenn does not enjoy killings, it is very possible that Glenda took took the body over to kill. So, uh, okay, gray, gray, gray area. Cool. All right, but also I don't like the idea of thinking that quote Glenda takes over like their split personalities because, right, that's not what ha- happened. And that's also not how a trans identity works either. Right. Glenn is just gender fluid. Glenn is also, yeah, gender fluid, gender queer. So this kind of hits like two spots. We got a, another G and a, and a T. Truth. Um, so all encompassing in that factor. And like, we're not really going to, I don't think we really need to go into too much of the plot because there really isn't one. I mean, it's a, it's a hot, it's a hot mess. Um, there's a lot of weird aughts cameos. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, such as a S Club 7 member being Jennifer Tilly's uh, assistant. assistant. Yeah. Little baby Hannah. Yeah. That was but, interesting. I was like, why'd you take this job, girl? Um, probably because honey needs to work. Yeah. I'm assuming um, it was after Red Man. S Club 7. Yeah, yeah. Red Man. That was Red gross. Man. Red, Red Man's from our hometown. So that's cool. Are you serious? Yeah, you didn't know that? He's from Springfield, New Jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not know that, but... Okay, figured. so you know you know when you go and you're driving down Mountain and you're going towards Westfield? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And like we're... I guess it was like that Saab dealership is on your right. And uh, like you're coming over the bridge. 
coming over the bridge. Uh-huh. Stop dealership was on your right. I guess it used to be a computer store at one point. Yeah. And those and those apartments are to your left. Yes. Uh huh. That is where Red Man used to live. Oh. Okay. Cool. Red Man. Yeah. Um. So that's like a weird thing that I knew. He's originally from Newark, but he he lived in Springfield for many years. Mm-hmm. Um. A kid that was in my grade. His dad was an accountant and used to do red man's taxes. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess that stopped because I don't think he has a career anymore. So, I mean, he might. Who knows? Who knows, man? He stopped doing those. What are those? Right guard commercials. He don't do those anymore. I don't even know. So mm. me either. I think it's been a hot minute since they put it. Oh, red man put out an album in 2017. But still, it's still a minute. Oh, bless. Anyway. And good luck. Anyway. Yeah, so, so Redman is a sleazebag in this movie, and he's trying to cast Jennifer Tilly as, like, the Virgin Mary in his, uh, you know, Jesus biopic or whatever. Yeah, that was weird. Like, some Bible It was movie. weird. It, the whole thing is weird. Yeah. So Jennifer Tilly gets oopsie pregnant by Chucky because he's wanking his little doll wiener, which... Oh my God. I can't so even with that. Um, John Waters is taking John pictures. John Waters? Right? Like a little yeah. peep Tom? Like, I would have been like, oh, God, what is, what? I don't you don't need to be seeing John Waters. I, I, a doll should not be wanking their plastic penis. Gross. <laughs> that's that's the biggest qualm I have about this movie. The doll's yeah. plastic penis. Um, it's not anatomically correct, if you get what I'm saying, according to this movie. I mean, who, how did his little Chucky hands, how big is it that he was able to like maneuver it? You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think very, and that's why he was having such an issue, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, or he's, you know, just an older fella who has, you know, ED. I mean, he, he probably is because like Child's Play has been going on since the 80s. So Chucky yeah. rightfully was probably like, what, 50, give or take? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's definitely in his 40s or 50s at this point, which is kind of gross, because, like, how long has he been in that doll body now? How long has he been um, in those crusty overalls? Oof. 30 years? Yeah, those overalls are, they, um, they need a wash, my, probably. My favorite aesthetic is Chucky's stapled hair. <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's gonna be okay, we're just gonna staple this on. <laughs> I don't just understand. Just, like, a train yeah, I don't understand how Tiffany finds him attractive at all. Oh, um, I love when Tiffany is going through her 12-step program of recovery of being a murderer. <laughs> yep, and she's just like, um, this was a slip. I'm sorry I had a slip. Rome wasn't built in a day. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she laughs. She's like on the hotline for like, you know... For uh, the twelve-step program, where you gotta like call your sponsor, right? But, like this, she's a doll and doesn't have one. So. This dude has no idea he's talking to a living doll. Um, uh, uh, the weird thing with the lim- limo driver was not my favorite plot point. Yeah, I mean, it didn't it's... make too much sense. It didn't give the story any sort of gumption to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, so here's ultimately the. Um, the the meat of this sandwich, if you will. Give it to me. Uh, Give me the meat. Mm-hmm. I was surprised <laughs> that Chucky was... How surprised were you, Diane? I was very surprised, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, 
I was surprised at to how supportive, even if it was reluctantly, how Chucky was of his child being able to explore what he identified as. That's that's where I was coming from when I was like, I because I had seen this and I remember Chucky being like the supportive dad type in the sense of like his child's identity, but also it was like you can be whatever you want to be as long as you actually still want to be a murderer. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like there there was a little bit of the um uh there's there's like a little bit of the like machismo be a man thing but then he like backs off of that and it's like you're my child it's cool don't worry about it like do you um but like you know glenn or you know well he he was glenn at that point um or he was still figuring himself out or they were still figuring themselves out uh he like accidentally pushes john water into the chemicals um and john waters dies by chemical burns. Um, Excellent use of practical effects throughout this whole yeah. movie, though. For real. And the chemical burn from the spiral perm. I mean, I'm sure if John Waters had hair, that's that's what it would have been. Spiral yeah. perm, chemical burn. Um, but, like, also, he was developing those pictures with his bare hands and the chemicals, and that doesn't make any sense. No, as someone who did photography as a hobby you gotta use the tongs bruh yeah you're gonna fuck that shit up with your oily hands beach yeah don't be a dum-dum john waters and like also some of them are corrosive so yeah clearly Uh, because he took his fucking face off yeah oopsie Um, oopsie doodles he also wasn't wearing protective eye gear yeah no he was he was being very cavalier about all of this um but yeah so so I was very surprised about that, but like in a, in a very good way. Um, and of course, Tiffany was on board regardless from the beginning. Oh, um, she was just like a loving, doting mom that tried to give her weird doll child the best life she could. Yeah, which was like literally adorable. Like I it was very that endearing, especially when she was like, "Listen, Chucky, it's not working out. I'm leaving, and I'm taking the kid." Like, yeah. where are you going, bitch? Yeah, and, like, Chucky's like, nobody leaves. Like, that's the thing he was, like, the most upset about was, like, he was upset that Tiffany was going to leave him. Not that, like, he had a trans child or, like, his wife didn't want to murder anymore. He just didn't want to be alone. Right, and, like, I mean, that did end up being on the um, heavier side of the scale of, like, an abusive, possessive relationship, but we won't go there because... Ultimately, the point here is that this was the movie you chose because um, if we're talking about the T and LGBT of horror during Pride Month, this movie, as ridiculous as it is, does manage to just weave Glenn or Glenda's journey into the plot of the movie, not as an issue or a big deal it just kind of is and it happens and it's it that's it like it's not again a plot point or a twist it's just what happens um which for a movie which w- within a lot of ridiculous things happen that's like you know one big check mark for this for this film 
And um, like to put it in perspective, it is written and directed by a member of the LGBTQ community, Don right. Mancini, who is an openly gay man and has been for many years. But like 2004, trans identities weren't really brought up in mainstream media whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So it was refreshing to see, even if it was done in a kind of hokey, I'm going to attach this to this doll persona. But I feel like it was a fairly good vessel because, I mean, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but, like, <sighs> the doll didn't really have actual genitalia, so I feel like that kind of, they used that to their advantage in the sense of gender identity, because there was nothing anatomical yeah. to work around. Yeah, and, and, and I will say that I think this movie leans heavier into gender identity, um in terms of fluidity than trans necessarily, technically necessarily, that doesn't make any sense if we're talking about the English language, which we are. Um, So it's a very hard language. um, Girl. Yes. Some days it really is. Um, I I cannot has use it sometimes. Um, Some, sometimes I just has troubles. Yes. Um, uh use your words nicholas what are you trying to say um oh right because there's that one point where glenn or glenda says you know why can't i be both sometimes i feel like a boy and sometimes i feel like a girl girl uh, you're reading my mind and like living living my life for me glenda i get it like yeah i get it too um i, I mean i think if we're gonna put labels on like who I am, like I would be considered femme, if you will. Um, but I just find it a very joyful experience to tap into the feminine sides of who I am and my personality. And I enjoy having a full range of emotions to experience in my life. Um, and yes, that is a jab at toxic masculinity. Um also, sometimes it's hard to have a lot of emotions. I mean, truth. <laughs> Me truth. at any given time. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather experience emotions than be dead inside. So it's it's a double-edged sword that, that I wield. That we all wield if we allow it. Um, where the fuck assessment. is this going? I have um, no fucking idea. Glenn slash Glenda's gender identity role in this film and how it plays a major... I would say major plot point but at least I mean, drives home a positive outlook I, I I feel I mean I could be wrong no I, I mean I, I feel overall it is positive I will say that um, there's still that kind of queasy skeevy moment where you know Glenn, when Glenn is still Glenn um, and mm. he's, he's, he's observing his parents kill all these people um, and, and they're fighting and realizing that a lot of it may be because of him coming to the picture and like them not aligning with what he believes are his morals. He keeps doing that twitchy eye thing until finally he breaks. And does and, a, like a poor pants pee-pee that makes me feel so bad. Yeah, no, he's, he's emotionally um, very uh, broken and um, 
I mean, he was used as a commodity for most of his life. He yeah. was used to further someone else's career and, like, a ventriloquist, like, World Cup bullshit. Like, he was never actually... Ad- I mean, yeah, he's not a person. But, like, he was never treated with the respect on... Like, I mean, as much as Chucky is an asshole, he actually treated his son with the respect of treating them, like, as if he were a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they are. Hello. They're they're dolls with human souls inside. I don't know what you're talking about, Ashley, but um I I mean, I don't think Glenn is. I'm not sure what that's about. We don't but. know. We don't we don't know what Glenn is at the end of the day, but you yeah, know Yeah, jury's out on that. It's weird. The one thing about, you know, that it's still skeevy um that uh when he snaps is when he turns into Glenda. Oh, yeah, and he puts on the Tiffany outfit. Yeah, but I think, ultimately, that's supposed to be more so of a mental break where all the all, all the floodgates open. Yes. And, and he's just uninhibited, and now he is Glenda, or she is Glenda. Hear her um, roar. Or they are Glenda. I mean, I think he's, I think, I think they are ultimately a they. Um, I, I feel the same. And I feel like, oh, I just had a thought and uh, help me reel it back. Maybe I don't anymore. Never mind. It'll come back to me. It was about Glenda. Oh, I don't know. Never mind. It was a good one and I forgot now. Dang. Mm. Um, well, um, can I just tell you my favorite quote from this movie then? Yes. So basically it's just everything that they say when they're in the Tiffany outfit, which goes, hello, mother. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it back to it. Cause I, I remember now, but yes. Hello, mother. And then he goes, do you like my dress? Don't wrinkle it. <laughs> She's just like a neurotic, like very extra beach put on some real heavy. Makeup. And the thing that it reminds me of tour Michelle Visage would want to know why you put in check marks on the cheeks. Oh yeah. No. And, and, that that eye makeup was super duper dark and heavy. Um, horrendous, horrendous makeup job. But what can you do? I mean, it was still like it's cute, but then like <laughs> it's still kind of skeevy. But it's like okay, cool, like work, like whatever, you know, like you do you. Hello, you do mother. That? Hello, mother. But also, could that um, be a slight homage to uh, Psycho when Norman Bates put on puts on his mother's gear? Um, that or is that is a, a stretch? I mean, I mean that that's a point that I hadn't considered, and I don't think you're necessarily wrong, but I think that might be one of those convenient things where the person who's behind this artistically might be like, "Oh, well, you know, I wasn't thinking that originally, but you're not wrong." Like, sure, or like, you know yeah, I, mean? I totally, I totally meant that. Mm-hmm, you're right. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we're just diving too deep into it. But anyway, um, I feel like this movie does the best job of trans or gender queer representation that hasn't been done successfully and respectfully. I mean, his own, their own father was more concerned about their choice of hobbies of being a murderer versus their choice of gender identity. Yeah. So. 
Um, Leanne had never seen this movie. Uh, oh, so ridiculous, but so I good. know, I know. And she was like, I, I think we just watched this. And I was like, no, we watched Bride of Chucky because we watched it with Deanna and Danielle. Yeah, and... They, they are very similarly uh, recorded and yes. put together. They look very similar, but at the same time, they're part of a series. So should that not be the case? Yes. Um, also, in that... Uh, aspect she was like omg jennifer tilly and then there's a quit little quip about uh she's <laughs> tiffany is on the phone with uh hannah from s club seven yep. and was like <laughs> and hannah was like i hear screaming why are you screaming and she's like oh bound is on tv and gina gershon is fingering me and Leanne lost it she was like omg what a cute little Easter egg. That's hilarious. At least Jennifer Tilly realizes that she's like lesbian fodder. She knows. Oh, no. She knows she's, her audience. She's like, she's totally in on the whole thing. Like, come on. That That's what makes her so endearing is that she knows she is the lesbian joke mm-hmm. in a really lighthearted, loving, yeah. welcoming way. Right. Allies are great when they're good ones. Um but Jennifer Tilly, what a smoking hot babe. I mean, she is a babe. She she has a voice that pays her bills and she knows what she's doing. <sighs> she do. I mean, she's 60. Good for her. Yeah. Do you like my I dress? Do you like don't, my dress? Don't drinkle it. I, I that wig is just too much. Oh, and she's like uh-huh. we all we all have skeletons in our closet and three bodies fall out. Like it's just yeah. comedic timing. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba. Or when Jennifer actually and when actual Jennifer Tilly is mooching on that uh, uh, that tech guy, and she's like, "Oh, it's so real." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure oh, that is. Was gross. That was yucky. Really gross. Yeah, yeah, but thanks for the practical effects. Oh, it was also cool when the tech guy was like opening up uh, Tiffany's back panel. Yes, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. like, there was really not a whole lot of meat and potatoes to this movie, but I feel like. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's still a decent meal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is a this is a good snack appetizer for, um, for this category. I feel. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't offended for my trans brothers and sisters. No, the, again, these two movies are definitely the most respectful, but they're still problematic in certain ways. Um, so we've already covered how uh, the seed of Chucky was problematic a little bit because there's still that like whiff of um, oh he oh he going crazy now he a girl um, but it right. looks, but like still like like you could take it that way only if you completely take it out of context because I think it was not intended to be that, that way. And also, so, yeah, I don't think it was intended to be sexist in the sense of like women are crazy or, yeah, or anything. I feel like I feel like they just couldn't bridge the gap between actual gender identity and actually like a split personality disorder or the technical term is dissociative identity disorder. So, right. I digress. Um, right. And to, to take things completely off topic just for a second, someone that works in my office has now sent their fourth email saying yes. that they lost their glasses today. And mm-hmm. if anyone finds them, please return them. But it's nine o'clock at night 
Um, no one's in the office, boo. Like, wait no. until tomorrow. I promise you, if they're there, they're there, and you'll find them tomorrow. Yeah. Don't don't worry, Sheila. It's okay. Well, you know, unfortunately, this person knowing them, they probably like threw them out with their trash from lunch. Oh because Jesus! Well, then you deserve what you get. Yeah, they're that person, unfortunately. Like um, that kid in middle school that always threw out their retainer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I will say I am guilty of that once, but then I realized it immediately and dove into the garbage can. Mm, you had a trash mouth. <laughs> oh, I think I kept it. I think I, I think I just washed it really well and I kept it. Um, Jinx Monsoon did that at the show that I saw. Oopsie doodles. She took her teeth out and washed them in a uh, little, little cup on the counter there and just popped them back in her mouth like no big deal. Does she have veneers? I think she had like a flipper in on the bottom or something. Oh, interesting. I feel like I don't know for sure. I wasn't close enough to examine her dental work, but I feel mm-hmm. like <laughs> open your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> open your mouth. Jinxie boo. boo. I want to see all them pearly whites. I feel like Jinxie boo has some jank teeth, but like I don't know for certain. It's been a while since I watched season. Yeah. Four. Four, five. Oh, it's five. No, it's five. It is five. Okay. It's yeah. been a minute. Four was I think I, four was Sharon. Five yes. Was I was about two. to say, I think I I think I no, I don't own it. I own Sharon season. I don't own season five. Oh, see, we don't own Sharon season, but we own almost all the other ones. And right now it's no longer available on Amazon, which is very infuriating. <gasps> well, I bought season seven, or Leanne bought it rather, and the way it was formatted from logo because they're cheap fucks. You can't watch it on a PlayStation four because the format is technically a true DVD format. So you need to either watch it in a PS two or an actual DVD player, like a fucking caveman. Ew. Fuck off. Logo. Yeah. Cause when I even try putting it in my computer, it reads as two separate files. It reads as an audio file and a video file and they're not conjoined for whatever reason. <sighs> That sounds like because of cheap formatting. It's cheap formatting is what it is. How dare they? How dare they? I paid 20 something dollars. I expect quality. Yeah, I expect to be able to watch something. Yeah, I if I want to partake in drag queen competition, I want Mm -hmm. to partake in drag queen competition. Speaking of, have you seen any of the leaked information for All Star season five? Um, yes, and also um, there's one cast member that, you know, is um, uh, rumored that Arthur and I know 100% for sure is definitely on season five. Is it Miss Cracker? Because I'm rooting for fucking Miss Cracker to win. It, it, My money is on Miss Cracker. It is because okay. uh, one of our friends is a uh, seamstress and designer. Yes. And Miss Cracker hired him to make her multiple outfits for the Akashion. Oh, of beautiful. I, I want them to win because Miss Cracker is one of my favorite queens of recent years. See, I, I don't necessarily not want her to win. I want her to be around for a long time because I love her. Um, yes. But I think it would be great if there was a single winner of color of one of the all-star seasons um i would also like 
a plus size lady, kimchi, get on it. Well, you know. You know. I, I still, I was rooting for Delta Work. I was rooting for her. I don't know if was we were rooting all rooting for you. For her. I also I, want, I want more Jujubes. I'm very excited if they're actually confirmed. I, I really hope that she is going to actually be on the season because that would be fantastic. And Angina. I don't think Angina will win. I don't think Jujubes no. will No. Angina is a lovely individual. I met them at DragCon and what a, I couldn't mm-hmm. say nicer things. Oh yeah. No, uh we met we met her too and she's just a tiny little like teacup of, you know, beautiful gorgeous rays of light. I agree. I agree. Um but back at the task at hand, I suppose. I suppose while well, we get this, you know, horse and buggy moving. Um right. because listen, next week Y'all better be ready because we're going to fucking camp. So you better yeah. have your fucking bags packed, your sunscreen on. But for right now, we have to tackle the other elephant right. in the room. That is better, the skin I live in. Correct. But you also better be eating your motherfucking Wheaties when you wake up in the morning. Because we're going to be hiking all day or some shit like that. I don't know. Mm, I don't do that. Okay. I mean, I'm totally fine with <laughs> summer camp. Uh, just being us like lounging and um, rock jack chairs by the lake. I mean, be- I'm a, I'm a camp counselor, so I'm more than likely going to direct arts and crafts. I'm not doing hiking. We need an athletic cave for that. Okay, well, I'll be the musical director. Um, and yeah, so so we need we need to find some management for this camp real quick. Um, I mean, it's us. We're running it, but uh, I. <laughs> I mean, as head counselor, I as co-head counselor, I just really want to head the tie-dye arts and crafts day. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at it, but I'm really ambitious about it. And that's all that really okay. matters. Yeah, I trust your vision. I trust your <laughs> gusto. Um, and these these chillin' will we'll have a beautiful summer at, at not, camp. I don't care. As long at, as I make camp. it out alive. Yeah, that camp, I don't want to die. That is the first and foremost uh, mission to not die. Um, but before anyway. we get on the bus to camp, let's talk about Antonio Banderas. <sighs> yeah, um, okay. So, ugh, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Antonio because he's got a lot to say. Um, okay, so I don't hate the skin I live in, but... I do find it far more problematic than the sea of Chucky. Um, and here is my main reason why. Um, while this movie is respectful to the process of transitioning, uh, the main character, Vera, or Vincente, Vincente, Vicente? Vicente. Um, was basically forced to become a woman by Antonio Banderas's plastic surgeon character um, as revenge for him raping his daughter. Um, Lovely plot point. So it just, it brings up a lot of issues. Um like this man kidnaps this other man and then forcibly through multiple operations 
effectively turns him into at least an exterior woman. Um, it's basically and, castration and body modification because it has nothing to do with gender identity. No. So, like, this person becomes a woman force, force, forcibly um, as punishment, basically. Um, so, you know, Antonio Banderas' character is 100% Coco Loco. For Loco. Um, girl, he might have been drinking some. I don't know. I mean, that's the only way I could come up with this assessment is that he was uh-huh. sipping on that cray-cray juice because, like, that's not a normal reaction. Like, yes, sexual assault does happen. It happens regularly. But that is not the answer. No, and, like... You, you I- don't kidnap somebody and alter their body. And then, like, it's like I understand that he was looking for a guinea pig for his, um, like, tough skin experiment. I get that. Ugh. But Crazy Cuckoo Man kidnaps a man and turns him into a visual twin of his late wife. Um, so, like homeboy ain't over it and not that you should ever fully get over the death of your spouse if that occurs um but you don't kidnap somebody put them through multiple plastic surgeries to make them basically your plaything. um and it's just real I, I don't I don't think it's disturbing. It's just very unsettling and very sad for Vin Vin I what's his name? Vincente. Vicente, yeah. Um ew, I just sounded like such a Vincente. I'm Vincente. fucking American. <laughs> or uh, like when Trixie Mattel was doing her Swedish. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I love the Klarna. Klarna, not once, not twice. Three, three go, times. Oh, I shop the Klarna. I go over to my friend Hilda's house, and then we shop the Klarna. Uh, Swedish. We don't like to pay all at once. You pay the ones, then the twist, then and the then three the times, and then and then on the fourth time you say, "Okay, I'm done." Oh, I'm a big fan of that. Um, True Life, I definitely rewound that part of that episode of Uh, like a good five to ten times. I haven't even watched it. I just saw it on her oh, yeah, um, Instagram it. highlights and I reblogged it and I was like, LOL. I am oh, the Klarna. Oh, the Klarna. And I love to shop the Klarna. And my husband, Katya, is just losing her goddamn mind and was like, With stop. The tweet. Three times. Um, shop the Klarna. Three shop times. the Klarna. This episode is brought to you by the Klarna. By the Klarna. This one is not. <laughs> I wish so. I wish so. Um, oh, the Klarna. Um, oh, the Klarna. Yeah. If you're out there, please please sponsor us. Send me money. Help me. I'm poor. Yeah. Can you sponsor less famous homosexuals? That'd be cool. I mean, no we're pressure. significantly less famous. We're not famous homosexuals. Um, but but we we have gumption 
And um, I just want to be as rich as Trixie Mattel. And that's real hard because she won $100,000 plus whatever she bankrolled with her cosmetics line, um, her documentary. What else is she doing? Like literally everything. I think she's the hardest working drag queen other than uh, Bianca Del Rio. I said I, I would agree with you. Um, oh, the Klarna. Anyway, um, back to the skin Klarna, a little um, bit. This, this film is not about the Klarna. I <laughs> the skin wish. I live in is garbage. Um, so, yeah. So I don't, I don't hate this movie, but you know, just like how um, last week we were talking about how the hunger is very much just like an art house movie. Um, this is also very much an art house movie. So it's very visually pleasing. It's visually striking. There's a lot of, you know, unusual or alternative ways that things are shot. The fashion is very beautiful. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, they're, they're these sweeping landscapes in Spain. They're very gorgeous. Um, you know, basically, visuals of ways of living that you are jealous of because only very rich people can live this way. Um, like all that, all, all those like very hallmark signs of an art house movie. Oh, um, the, the camera work is amazing. Yeah. And I mean, the director of this film is one of Arthur's favorites um, and they're very celebrated and I understand why, um, you know, their body of work is great. Um, their name is escaping me right now, but um, you can probably find it out on Klarna. Yeah, I'm the Klarna, and I'm too lazy to Google it. Sorry, not sorry. Um, but anyway, uh, it's 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 a very beautiful movie, but it's a very it's a very sad movie. It's a very heavy movie. Um, Mainly because we are living this life with this person who no longer visually recognizes themselves, like literally, because Antonio Banderas first chopped their penis off, gave them a vaginoplasty. Well, chop it off is very crude way of saying it because the vaginoplasty does not involve actually chopping off the penis it involves taking the penis and turning it into a vagina that is the hallmark of a vaginoplasty taking an Audi and turning it into a ninny essentially yes but you know he forcibly gives this man a vaginoplasty so that's pretty fucked up yeah that's pretty Um, fucked up I mean there there was no consent involved in that vaginoplasty whatsoever no consent at all and then as time goes on, um, he gives this guy boobs and then he puts that face shaper on to make him look like his wife and and all these uh. um, and I would assume at some point, if we're believing the story as to be true, that he was forcibly giving him hormone therapy because his voice changes, his whole body habitus changes, and all of that couldn't have happened just by the surgeries um, no that's that's a that's a chemical change yeah so regardless here um this is not a movie like it's respectful in the sense that it is soft in its angles there's nothing very harsh you know hitting you over the head 
But to me, this movie is also very gross in the sense that, you know, I know the trans community doesn't really have an issue with this movie, but to me, it's not really even a trans movie. And it's also not really a horror movie. It's more like a psychological thriller. Um, But, you know, there's a moment in the movie when Stockholm syndrome has like fully set in, or at least we think so for, for, um, Vicente or, or who is now Vera. Um, yes. Um, but to basically save Antonio Banderas's ass, Vera says, um, you know, I was not brought here forcibly. I came here of my own free will. I've always been a woman. Um, and now I am a woman. Um, <laughs> Which, I mean, it's a very interesting point, but at the same time, it's it's not factual. Right. And and we know that Vera did this to really gain Antonio Banderas' trust because ultimately, you know, Vincente is still Vincente. He knows he's Vincente. He just has gone through all this really fucked up shit. Um, and... Uh, and in all fairness, they're not, like, you know, a fucking, like, peach of society either. No, I mean, he did rape this guy's daughter. And, I mean, it's not his fault that this girl, um, Antonio Banderas' daughter, was already very uh, psychologically unstable. Um, but it certainly didn't help that he fucking raped her. Um, no. And, you know, I think ultimately Antonio Banderas uh, blames him for his daughter taking her own life. Um, But, I mean, it was definitely a catalyst. And I understand where Antonio Banderas is coming from in that perspective. But again, even if he literally killed Antonio's daughter... It still doesn't give him a right to forcibly make him a woman. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, and the whole just like this glamorized transitioning in a way that made it seem like revenge and like right. it's uh, almost like it it glamorized it as a thought of it being unnatural because Vincente didn't want to be Vera. Vincente was forced to become Vera. And he was forced to use those dildos to keep himself open because once he had the vaginoplasty, he had no choice but to, or, you know, his new vagina would seal up as he healed. Um, You know, he was forced to get boobs. He was forced to go through all these things. Um, And that's where in lies the really fucked up part for me. Um, because, like, this is not an exploration of the trans experience in transitioning. It's really just an exploration of a super fucked up situation that somebody thought up, you know, in a book. Because this is right. based on a book. Right. Um, and do I think that the creative team for this movie did take a book and respectfully turn it into a very gorgeous movie yes i do um 
but is still a really weird, gross movie. And really shitty concept. Yeah, I just mean, like, I mean, obviously, I, I am not going to go seek out the book that this movie was based on and read it. But, like, where did the person who wrote this book come up with this idea? And what was the feedback that they got? I mean, and again, we live now. We are in the precipice of a time right now in where we live right now. Uh, to be in a society where, you know, gay gay men were finally accepted, lesbians were finally accepted, you know, bisexuality not being, a, oh, you're just um, uh, greedy or uh, experimenting, accepted. Um, trans individuals, the trans community still is not there yet, but we're almost finally there, hopefully, knock on wood. Um and this was not created in today's time. Has it been created in like recent history? For the most part, yes. It was 2011. Um, but I just feel like what th- this book, like I would have looked at this book if I like looked into the book and been like, oh, this is what this is about. I'd have been like, nah, that's problematic, boo. Um, and I mean, this movie is very highly regarded and I get that, but more so from a perspective of the actual movie making, the way that it was made, the way that it was shot, the way that it is designed and all that stuff. I still don't think any of that makes up for the fact that. This is like a weird, gross, convoluted rape revenge movie where someone is forced to become the opposite sex and never is it insinuated or said outright that there's an air of, you know, Antonio Banderas does this to Vincente because women are lesser than And the ultimate revenge is to make him a woman who, you know, is of the gender which he raped or anything like that. But you can't not see that or get a whiff of that if you look into it more than just glossing over the surface. Do you know what I mean? But, um, like, no, I totally agree. I feel like this film used gender identity as a crutch to convey a story when the story isn't based around gender identity. It's used to, it's in my opinion, it cripples the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's not very believable. Like this, this guy is like a young dude. Um, I feel like after, he was no longer chained up and stuff like that. He could have probably gotten away sooner than he did. Um, here's the thing with that, though, because they had become so physically changed mm-hmm. that they might have been afraid of how the world was going to perceive them because when they left the outside world, they were visually a man. Yeah, I mean, you know, quite honestly, and like this is just me speaking from my own perspective. If theoretically, 
I got a forcible vaginoplasty. Like I would have been out of there right after I recovered. Like I would have figured out some way to get the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, for this movie, him not leaving is a major plot point because this becomes such a psychological story of how, you know, Antonio Banderas's character has completely shut himself out of the real world, out of the outside world because of all the tragedy that he has experienced with his wife getting into an accident and, and taking her own life after that. And then his daughter taking his own life. Um, and then him really directing the majority of his grief on this one tangible thing that he feels like he can have control over being Vincente. And then in doing that, he isolates Vincente from the rest of the world as well. And there is like 20 minutes of this movie where I do believe that, you know, Vincente slash Vera really does genuinely have this relationship with Antonio Banderas because, you know, he has now been locked away in this house for literally basically six years and he's just craving human interaction and physical touch and same thing for Antonio Banderas and ultimately it becomes this like really fucked up version of Stockholm syndrome for Vera slash Vincente. Um, but then, you know, there's this kind of reawakening of Vera slash Vincente um, realizing like, Oh fuck, this is a situation I'm in. And like, now I finally feel like, I'm at a place where like I could figure out how to get the fuck out of here. And then they do. Um, But it's just, it's icky. Like the whole thing is icky and I don't, I don't like icky. I don't like, I don't, I didn't care for this movie and like, not even like on a scale, like one to five pumpkins. I feel like it was artfully done. Yeah. I feel like this is regarded in a sense that it is done masterfully and artistically, but in that vein, they're disregarding all the major things that pertain to our community. Right. And like, I don't like, I certainly don't want anyone to blame us like uh, of being like quote snowflakes or over, um, uh, over emotional or oversensitive or anything like that. Um, but I'm just imagining, you know, if I were a trans woman and I'm watching this movie, I would be very confused about what the fuck I'm watching and very confused about how this reflects my life to other people. Or how it's meant to reflect. You know what I mean? Like, intent is everything. Yeah. So, if this if this was meant to make the trans individual the victim or the bad guy or all of that rolled into one, yes, that's complex storytelling. But in the same vein, 
I feel like it was done lazily. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think what you could boil this down to is it's another movie where a man is a victim. And well, yeah, men are always the victim. But like, but in this case specifically, he's a victim because he's forced into a female experience for the rest of his life. Yes. And that, to me, is problematic, not just on a trans level, but, you know, the level of how women are regarded in society in general. And yes, oh, absolutely. Yes, this is a foreign film. And, you know, some things are more lax or thought of differently, you know, than they are in America. Um, but I'm still surprised as to how much acclaim this got with like almost no backlash. Cause I, I looked for backlash. I couldn't really find much backlash. I and couldn't again, really find much information on this movie whatsoever, to be honest. Right. And, and so, so there's that. And I think also this movie came out in 2011, which ultimately is a time where there was no education or, you know, thought base to even use as a jumping off point for this because it kind of came out of nowhere. And I don't think the lay person would even realize or have it click in their mind that this could be problematic. And so it sucks that in the grander scheme of things, this is an example of a movie that is, quote, more respectful than others <laughs> to the trans experience. <laughs> Because it's not very respectful at all if you really break it down. It, yeah, I mean, it's no using Angela as, like, you know, uh, slasher fodder. But, like, it's along the same lines, you know what I mean? It like, is. You, it it is. Just, it's just, I feel like it gets more slack because it's done in a more technically in the sense of the technicality of filmmaking in a more artful way like Correct. oh this is, like oh this is this is art like it's art so like you have to respect it cuz it's art you know and like um, i don't respect it i think it's a load of shit i think it's i think it's honestly a fucking cop out i mean so ultimately when it comes down to it will i ever watch this again no no <laughs> i no will this is this is not something that i would ever even just on the the basis of it being like just a film in general i wouldn't suggest it without even the the trans context yeah it's just it's 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 one of it's an odd movie and it's not like napoleon dynamite where it's an odd movie that ends up being like charming and cool like it's just an odd movie yeah i feel like in because it's an odd choice for a film to be made I feel like they were able to make liberties in the art house scene you know what I mean or I feel whatever, like, yeah, or I, whatever. I mean I could be wrong I could be I don't know I'm not a fucking film critic I'm not paid to be a film critic I didn't go to film school I you know what I mean like I didn't I don't know but what I know is that I find the storytelling reprehensible I feel mm -hmm. like the storytelling storytelling is lazy 
I feel like they took liberties with a very sensitive subject that they could have turned into a very positive experience. Especially for the times. For 2011? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, 2011 wasn't yesterday, but it also wasn't, you know, 1971. Yeah, it was... Less than a decade. So that's, in the grand scheme of things, that's like a blink and a jump. It's not that far. Um, No, it's not that far. Especially with, you know, how progressive our community has gotten as far as, you know, the visibility that we've received. I feel like in the last uh, maybe four or five years, things have really turn the corner for the LGBTQIA plus community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this film takes it a step back. And I don't think that maybe the actors knew how, how this would affect some people in the way that it does. Or maybe they just didn't even put two and two together and they just thought they were making a film and they didn't care. Which could be the answer. I don't have answers. Yeah. And and I mean, sure, these are our semi-unqualified opinions. But at the same time, they are qualified opinions from our life experience perspective as gay people. So there is that. Um, As a 29-year-old homo. As a 29-year-old homo. As a 29-year-old... As a 29-year-old homo, I have strong opinions and I'm going to exercise them thusly. I think this movie is crap. Yeah, and and, well, I I don't know if... I don't agree with you that it's, like, super crap, but it's, like, it's a garbage heap. I feel like like it's also crass on top of it being crap. Yeah, and, and, I mean, again, this is a foreign film, so I think that is kind of where the... um, the vulgarity, if you will, of the sex scenes comes from because it's very liberated. It's, it's very free. Yeah. And, you know, America is very buttoned up and not is the case across the rest of the world. But I do think that you saying that ultimately a lot of the people involved in this project may have not even realized what they were doing is completely valid because I don't know if people back in 2011, even though it was not that long ago, really had a grasp on the full spectrum of, you know, the quote other community when it comes to not heterosexuals, you know? Um, Right. So, I do I, I do think that holds a lot of weight here because I don't see Antonio Banderas doing something, you know, out of, you know, just wanting to do a project because it could get him a, um, oh, you were brave type of, you know, um, nomination or something. But then right. again... I I am not a personal friend of Mr. Bandera, so who knows? Um, I also don't think it was done with the intention of being as crass as it was or being as um, socially insensitive. Yeah, I, I I think this might be more of a product of the time that it was made in. 
it's still, I don't understand where the concept of this came from to begin with. Like, who s- sat down and was like, I'm mm. going to write a book about a plastic surgeon who snaps and takes revenge on a boy who rapes his daughter by turning him into a woman. Sounds great. Sign like, me that's up. Such a, like, completely left field, ridiculous story. Um, and I agree with you. That's just no. I I fully agree with you. I fully feel like all the things, all the kinks that could have been flushed out to make this a fully formed story that isn't disrespectful to a community of people who are disparaged regularly and are not identified in any form. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I feel Mm -hmm. like with that in mind. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we could just go in circles with it all day, but like, right. I think we've probably just spent enough time talking about, cause there's not even like anything funny to pull out of this movie. Cause it, the whole time it's just like, it, it it's like a weak heartbeat, like on the monitor where it's just like, yeah, blunt, blunt. I mean, like, the score, the score is phenomenally done. All yeah. the composer is, I'll give them that. But like, I don't think that, anything really to do with the project other than being given a job you know what i mean they yeah. didn't write it they just composed music and it was the music was well done i'll give it that that's my one pumpkin for it that's what saved it from zero for me the yeah. score was the score and technicality of the film was done nicely and in that sense there are scenes um have you seen uh shit stanley kubrick's uh clockwork orange no, I've actually never seen that movie. Okay, I think, I mean, it again, it, I'm not a huge fan of Stanley Kubrick. I think he's an asshole. I think he's crass. But A Clockwork Orange is a, a masterful piece of art, but I still think he sucks. And that's right. how I feel about this movie is like, yes, it's art. It's technically done well, but it sucks. It sucks yeah. on a moral level. It sucks on... Uh, uh, an entertainment level but no I wouldn't I wouldn't watch this again and I wouldn't suggest anybody to watch it yeah I mean if you're super intrigued like go ahead but eh you know it's also really long it's two hours long and I was bored yeah that, yeah like it's one of those movies where it's like okay like sure this is like pretty to look at but like what is happening what else you got for me like I'm um Color me bored, Barbara. It's it's no it's no seed of Chucky, right? You know what I mean? Like it's you no. You know like, what I mean? If that's what we're using as our gauge, it ain't no seed of Chucky. It's no hello, mother. Don't wrinkle my dress. Do you like my dress? All right, so let's um let's put a fork in it and let's rate these. Oh, girl, the fork, yes. <sighs> it's it's well done. It's time. This this meat has been tenderized. I mean, if it was tenderized, I could chew it. Oh. Set it. Snap. Snapdragons. Snap crap will pop. Um, alright. So I'm going to give the skin I live in a one pumpkin. And I will give Seed of Chucky a three pumpkin based on the fact that it's just it's off the wall it's goofy 
it's a typical child's play series film, but we're not going to talk about Cult of Chucky because that's real bad. <laughs> but um, yeah. I feel like for for the context in which we are given and the context we are discussing, I feel like Seed of Chucky gives us a little more wiggle room with our rating and not be so staunch with it because I feel like going into it, they knew it was going to be hokey and kind of dumb. And yeah. they're like, it's fine, it is what it is, but, and I feel like because they had a person in the community being so hands-on with the project, that it was a little more tasteful, and it was a little more socially. Three and a one for me. Okay. Um, I appreciate your use of the word staunch. Um, Thanks. It was on my word of the day calendar. No, it wasn't. <laughs> word of the day. It's the vocabulary word of the day. Um, which in itself is referential of other episodes where we used referential. So, referential. Which, referential is available in our merch store on TeePublic if you would like to have a shirt with, you know, the word of the day on it. I mean, it's not really word of the day, but it could be your word of the day. I mean, it's just, it's a word that we like, referential. Um, it feels, feels nice coming out my mouth. Yeah, and and now that I know what it means, I enjoy using it. But um, um, It has been said to me by Bethany Hendricks that after listening to our episode about referential, she knows what referential means and tries to use it in her daily vocab to sound even more intelligent. So, I mean, it's one of those words that like makes you, it makes you feel smart. You know, you should you should have it in your lexicon. I feel. Yeah. Um, okay. So rating these movies. Um, give I, me a rate. I think I'm going to give the skin I livid. Oh, uh, excuse me, I got a yawn. You're excused. Um, it's, it's getting late. I think I would give the skin I live in two pumpkins. Okay. And I think I will give Seed of Chucky 3.5 pumpkins. That's fair. Yeah. It's a fair assessment. All right. Pumpkin friends and pumpkin patch attendees, we would formally like to invite you to camp starting next week. It's where we're going. It's where we're going to be. And it's where we're going to celebrate the campy side of horror all summer long whether gonna, that yeah. movies actually set at camp or movies at our camp or both yeah uh, so we're gonna have eight i would say roughly what 10 weeks is that how long we should do it i believe so it's at least eight but we're gonna be at camp for a while so you know gonna, settle in be, yeah we're gonna be at a camp for a while make sure you have your consent forms Make sure you have your allergens listed because we're going to get down and dirty with some information for yes. your ear holes. We're going to try and get together with our gal pals, the worst horror podcast, and bring you a very special boner chode episode where you get to meet your counselors because Ooh. they're our friends and they're going to pop in and say hi. We're going to do we're gonna do maybe like a Q&A. We're going to do some fun stuff. It's not going to be just us rambling i mean it might be it might just be us rambling but it's fine it'll be a good time 
Yeah, I mean, what else is new? So what else is new? Um, nothing. Nothing is new. Um, uh I mean, I'm excited because campy horror movies are some of my favorite horror movies. Um, and I have thoroughly enjoyed Pride Month. I am super sad that it has come to a close. Um, but I hope that we can do this again next year because. I think it'll be a really cool tradition to continue. Um, and we got plenty of other movies that we can analyze and assess. Um, and hopefully by that time, this time next year, we will have a little little extra meat and potatoes that we can fill your ears with because 365 days is a long time to come out with some LGBTQ plus positive content. I mean... Isn't I'm not holding my breath, but every every second that we breathe is a LGBT LGBT. Ooh, LGBT squared. LGBT squared um, positive moment, but um, I digress. I yeah Um, I don't know. I guess it's, it's getting late. Either yeah. that or I'm drugged. I'm not really sure, but Could I don't be think both. I'm drugged. Could um, be both. In the in the words of our good friend Yana. Uh, quality gay content. So that's what we want to bring you. Yeah. Um, get send us shit in our DMs. Send us shit in our email. Text us. Let us know what kind of weird shit you want us to cover this summer because our books are open. We have uh, what do you call it? We have ideas. We have a list. But I mean, nothing's set in stone. So. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what to do. Rate, comment, subscribe. Tell your neighbor. Tell your mailman. Um, email us if you want stickers. I gave a bunch to my mom this past weekend. She was very excited. She said she's going to pass them out. I don't know to whom because she doesn't really have <laughs> friends. So <laughs> maybe she'll pass them out to the dog. She'll eat them. I don't know. And hopefully she just passes them out to strangers because that would yeah. be fun. I while I was in the city, I feel I I felt like I should have carried more in my pocket and just like plastered them all over the city. But like, mm, I wasn't down to get arrested. I understand. You never know. You never know. Yeah. No, I got that. Um. But yeah. So I think that covers everything. Rate us on iTunes, please, and thank you. We're on Instagram at, at copulators die first pod email us at copulators die first podcast at gmail.com um and again uh happy pride month everyone this has been a gas and a half and um don't wrinkle my dress <laughs> don't wrinkle my dress mother Mala? and with that pumpkins keep on creeping on and we'll see y'all next week mm, bye bye Thank you.